Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the final Fallout Bar of the year before Christmas, which doesn't make it the final Fallout Bar of the year, but it's close <laughs> enough. Uh, myself, Jack Howard, joined by Charlie Hopper. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, really good, mate. Um, one of the most predictable days, really, today. Um, you could call probably all the results that, that we saw. Um, but yeah, really good to sign off before Christmas with, uh, with another day of doubt in action. Yeah, how's everyone in the chat room doing? Great to see you. I just get carried away with that theme tune. That's what it is. I've stumbled across an absolute banger. Honestly, if it wasn't for Lab Baby and the Sidemen, that would have charted. That is how good our new intro song is. <laughs> it's, people need to actually be able to see you dancing in the in the screen below. They definitely do not need to see me dancing in the background <laughs> before the show goes live. I promise you that. Uh, how is everybody? Is everybody looking forward to Christmas? What do we think of the action today? How's it all going? I feel a bit Ricky Evans right now. I just feel a bit, I got energy and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. It, you, do, you do feel like that, don't you, the, at this point in the uh, in the proceedings and especially when, um, what, you know, there's only three seeded players that are still, that have, le- that have left already. It, it does seem very much one, um, one-sided so far. But yeah, it's, it's good. It's good that the breaks come nine days in. Um, but you want that data in action to start again very quickly. We do indeed. I feel like that's a that's a topic for discussion, actually. We spent the entire year telling the world how great the PDC is and how good the 128 is and how good the standard of darts is nowadays. But the absence of seeds falling at this stage perhaps suggests that we've got a very, very good top 32. We have a group of players beyond that, between 33 and 128 Um that are capable of, of causing upsets, but actually in the biggest tournaments on TV, they're still lacking that little bit of experience and that little bit of an edge to take out these guys that have been doing this for years. Which I think today's action, which obviously we'll touch on, proves that. You know, the the, the eight games that we've had today, prior to, to the action, you would have been able to call probably all all eight because you just you know how strong these players are. And look, 
players struggle on the on the on the Alexandra Palace stage. It, it's happened before. We've seen upsets, but this year I think it just shows how strong that top thirty-two are in that they are not getting beaten or they're not getting surprised. And if they are, like Dirk van Dijvenbode was yesterday, where he was pushed all the way by Carol Sedlicek, these players just aren't necessarily getting over the line in in the key moments. Yeah, I mean, round one finished two days ago. So yesterday we had a full day of round two action. The only seeded player we lost amongst that action was James Wade. Today we've had eight round two matches to finish round two, which which feels strange saying we're, we're already at that point in the World Championships. But not a single one of those seeded players falls. And more importantly, not a single one of those seeded players is taken to a fifth set. All of them have won pretty comfortably as well. And there was conversations between myself and Cam last night about the potential for some of these to cause an upset. How many of these dependent on the the non-seeded player turning up, for instance. But they've all handled the job today pretty comfortably, even if at times some of the performances are left a little bit to be desired. There were still plenty of positives for anybody with a number in brackets next to their name. Yeah, and I think some of the games were so one-sided because they didn't have anything coming back at them. And that has, we've seen that on quite a few occasions um, in which they're so one-sided that the, the, the player doesn't necessarily have to play very well to to get over the line and, and to book their place in the next round. So I think it's 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 these some of these players aren't being pushed to play their best games. And that's, you know, whether that will hinder them in, in, in the tournament in a couple of you know days' time, and maybe it will, but... You know, on that stage, the importance is winning. So I think some of these players will just be happy to to get the job done. Yeah, and I guess the final, the general point to cover before we do look at each match individually and, and hearing a little clips from each of the players is that it is like a different tournament when they return after Christmas in four days' time, isn't it? That for the first two rounds, it's it's just about surviving and making sure you're back. And then after Christmas, you almost start again, don't you? Because of that break, because of that time off. Yeah, and um, I think it was it Brendan Dolan that that, that said, it, and, and you know we'll, we'll probably hear from what he says it, it, regarding his 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 draw and, and the position that he's in. It, it very much is a couple of days off, and then you're back. And you know, look at Joe Cullen, who's played last on, so he's waited all this time to come on and play. Um, you've just got to start again after Christmas. You've got to have a bit of downtime, which I think they will. They'll be on the practice boards, as you know. But then once they come back after Christmas, it is full on. You know, it's it's it, these are big games for players, and we really get to the business end of the tournament. Yeah, we do. Let's just get straight on then. And as you mentioned, Brendan Dolan, and he did play first. It's it's a perfect little transition. It's almost like we plan these shows. <laughs> Side note: we've never planned one of these shows in our <laughs> lives. <laughs> However, uh, Brendan Dolan pretty comfortable in winning against Jimi Hendrix. Look, it's another sub ninety average from a seeded player. We saw plenty of eighty eight averages yesterday. In fact, we saw three seeded players yesterday win with an average different with an average where the difference between the three was 0.05. It was absolutely crazy to see. Dolan would have been very, very close to those guys as well. 87.85 for him. Comfortable against Jimi Hendrix, despite dropping that third set. Even after losing that third set, you never really thought Brendan Dolan was in trouble in this match. Yeah, because he's got such a high level of performance and and, and such a consistent level. I think the issue for for Hendrix was the um, performance on the outer ring. I mean, if you were to look at set three, which he had a 75% checkout percentage, you have to look at that and think, right, that maybe is a bit of an anomaly in, in this game because the rest, the second set, 
not one dart on the outer ring. Thir the first set, 12.5%. And the, the last set, he only had one opportunity. So for Brendan Dolan, score consistently and you will get an opportunity at the outer ring. And that's exactly what happened in the first game. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, doubling percentage set from Jimi Hendrix is four from 24, just 16.7%. Even when Brendan Dolan's not at his best, the fact that he could just... You never felt like Jimi Hendrix was going to punish him. He did for a set, but even still, you never really thought like that was the moment where he was going to click into life and there was going to be some big transition for Jimmy. He was just giving up far too many second and third chance opportunities, almost like a rebound in basketball. Like, yep, you have another go because I'm not there to punish you for it. Yeah, and and you know we we've seen some of the games in in, in the past when um, when you know that a certain player isn't going to give you that opportunity. I presume Brendan Dolan will have felt, even if he beats me to a double, which he will, which he may do on on his throw, he's going to get an opportunity, and that's a great position to be in for Brendan Dolan. But you've got to also take the opportunity yourself, which he did. Forty percent, pretty decent scoring at eighty-seven is 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 you know is it's not flattering, but it's it's a decent level to start off with, and he'll be happy. You know, yeah, he, he lost a set on the last leg decider, but I think he'll be pretty happy with just about getting over the line and, and being comfortable in the way that he played. Yeah, I guess look, that, that 40% is sort of like the holy grail for finishing stats at the World Championship, in any match, to be honest, but at the World Championships in particular. But Brendan Dolan is going to have to up his scoring if he's going to be competitive in this tournament because that will not be enough to trouble Johnny Clayton, will it? Oh, 100% it won't. And look at the other players that we've seen tonight where the 180s have been flowing. You know, that can be the difference between Brendan Dolan taking that next step. Yeah, he's got the great finishing stats, but he needs to now be looking to up his average to score a lot bigger. Only two 180s in the game. Yes, he didn't need to potentially score much better, but if he had have done, he'd have walked away with a 3-0 win and, you know, would have been would have cruised even, even easier than he did. But I think he needs to up that scoring if he wants to take the next step. Yeah. Let's then hear from Brendan Dolan in his post-match press conference to see what he had to say after that win over Jimi Hendrix. It's been kind of annoying because I know the travel that I have, like of a flight home tonight, and now that the, I'm supposed to be the first first day on uh, after, like to be the last day on before the Christmas break, then to be the first day on, and there's loads of other games could have been played of people that has played earlier in the tournament. I'm a bit annoyed at that, but um, it is what it is. I don't make the plans. I don't throw the tournament out uh, between Sky and the PDC. They do the schedule, and you have to live with it. You have to accept what it comes. And I, probably now I'm actually quite grateful that I have that problem to sort out. Grateful that he's still in the tournament, obviously, but he's effectively got two and a half days until he's due back in London <laughs> to play again. I mean, look, there's only so many games to be played at that point, but uh, he's got a point, especially as his opponent, Johnny Clayton, played the penultimate game of this round as well. So they're both in that same situation. If they were an international player, for instance, that was then looking at going home for Christmas, the turnaround time is effectively a day at that point. If, if your travel time is greater... You're a little bit in trouble there. When you look at someone like Peter Wright, who, look, by playing opening night, has had 12 days between his first round game and his second round game by the time he picks up his darts. In the same day, by the way, he plays the final game of that evening session. Johnny Clayton and Brendan Donan play the afternoon session. I, I can sort of see where Brendan is coming from in this one. 
Oh, 100%. Um, and, and I completely understand where he's coming from. I imagine he, you know, he will be flying home and, and that's an, an added extra. And, you know, some of these UK-based players will will be making a, a, a trip home, which is only, what, two, three, four hours in a car. Um, but I think you can see what he's, where he's coming from. Last stop, first on on the, on the last day, it's first on when we go back, whereas Peter Wright's had all that time just to relax and, and be at home and then not have to worry about coming back. So he's got a point. Um, whether we'll see any change in the future regarding that, I'm not too sure. But I think it's just one of those things. He, he's grateful that he's in the next round. Um, but logistically, he's just going to have to work through that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's move on to the second match of the afternoon. And a quick hello to everybody that's joined us in the chat room as well. I forgot to mention your by name when we first started. So Jesus in as ever. Uh, Jack's in as well. Daniel's in. Good to see you, buddy. Matthew's back in. Good to see you, pal. Not seeing you a lot this week. Uh, Bob's in. Chris Gethin's in as well. Daniel Jentz is in from Germany. Uh, he says, great game from Schindler. We'll talk about him very, very soon. Tommy's in. Bob's in. Preston's in as per. Uh, Lendl's in. Good to see you, buddy. How we doing, Jack? Uh, Bob and Chris are still in as well. So, yeah, on to match number two. And we talk about another Chris, uh, Chris Doby, uh, with a comfortable 3-0 win over Martin Clearmacker. Legs won in every set by Clearmacker. None of this was was ever an absolute rollover. Uh, but again, Doby just, just seemed to keep Clearmacker at an arm's length, didn't he? He did. And at no point did I... I guess worry that, that that this game could go in a different way. I, I always saw it as, as very comfortable for Chris Doby. Um, look, he's got an exceptional level, and I think that wasn't his best game. And that's quite exciting, isn't it? That he can beat someone three 0 who's forty fourth in the world, and to just necessarily, I guess, not cruise through the game, but to play a decent level. He's got so much more left in the tank that you know he can really scare some of the world's best players. He can indeed. Like, he's averaged 86. He's actually been outscored in the tons column, the 140s column. The 180s column has gone in his favour, but the finishing stats, 47% in his favour, two-ton pluses. I mean, we will see better performances with Chris Doby. We we spent all of last season basically saying it's ridiculous how the man can keep averaging 104, 105 and, and losing matches because he was dragging every single opponent up to that level. We haven't quite seen that from him in 2022, but we still know he's more than capable of producing that, especially in the game that allows him to flow against an opponent such as Gary Anderson, who he takes on in the next round. Yeah, which will probably suit his game well and will probably help bring his average up. Look, no... No disrespect to Martin Kleermacher, who you know we know is a very capable player and is is a very strong player. Um, but I think for Chris Doby, he he didn't need to to sort of push the gears to to get himself um, through this game. Yeah, there was a couple of games. The first and the third set went to a last leg decider. But I think he he'll have been happy with just hitting a decent level, taking his doubles out, and just you know keeping Kleermacher at. Um, at arm's length, but I think we'll see a significant increase when he plays against the Flying Scotsman. Yeah, we will indeed. I'm going to bring it up because we're not afraid to touch on these sort of subjects. It is absolutely no secret that a lot of darts players still drink alcohol before they play games. Chris Doby is notably one of those that doesn't, right? Do we feel like he's perhaps given up a few opportunities and, and moments in key games because he's one of those players that doesn't and, and doesn't have that that confidence boost that, that consuming alcohol can give to you? It's a tough question, that. That is a very tough question because, <laughs> you, you you know, it, people... That, Two days before Christmas, quarter past 11 at night, I'll just chuck that one at you. Yeah, yeah, see what you can do with it. If it works, it, it works. I, I don't know whether Chris Doby's even going to experiment with that 
opportunity. I, I think, look, I think if it suits him and it, and it works for him, then fair play and, you know, stick by what, what is working for you, whether or not it's, it's, it's the, the missing of the opportunity when, when the chances come. A lot of the time we see Chris Doby's average being credible, but he gets beat because it brings someone else up. And I don't know whether that's just him being unlucky. It's hard to sort of it's hard to sort of put your put your your foot on exactly what whether that is the reason because he he chooses not to drink because we've seen a lot of other players who drink before games and and you know play exceptionally well or whether that is just the fact that it's just it's just the look that isn't on his side in games it's it's a hard one to to prove whether or not that would be is right or wrong I guess it just suits him and suits other players. I'm not going to sit here and tell him he needs to turn into a, to a raging alcoholic to, to be the next level of dart player. But uh, as, as someone that has, has drank alcohol while I've played in, on stage and at various level events, there is a benefit to it, but there's also a massive detriment to your health. And uh, I can see it from both sides. Personally, I, I, I won't play a game of darts without a few bites in me because it's just not going to go very well. There's just that added level of just, just that confidence that it brings you. Uh, let's hear then from Chris Dobie and see what I'd say after his comfortable win over Martin Klemacher. Yeah, obviously it's going to be a great game, I hope. Uh, I know what he's capable of. He's not finished yet. Everybody says he's finished, but I know fine well he's been practising hard uh, with Ryan Sill back home. So I'll be up for that. I'll, I'll have a good solid couple of days at home and uh, I'll be prepared, right? Well, you can't you can't say that, Gary. You, you seen what he done on the pro tour against us in the I think it was last sixteen or quarter final, average one hundred and three, and and got my backside handed to us, you know. And he can still turn up and deliver 100, 110 averages. He just doesn't do it consistently as as what he used to. So I'll be prepared, right? I, I know what I've got to do to to get into that that game, and hopefully my practice uh, helps me. Indeed, a tough game ahead for Chris Doby. Uh, evening, Laura O'Shea, you're in the chat room. I actually saw you at Ali Pali, but you were far too busy cheering John on the other night, so it's fine. I won't tell you off for ignoring me too much, honestly. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your trip. Uh, let me go for John after being 2 0 up as well. Yeah. Uh, but we have to move on instead. Uh, Tommy says, question, guys, has the general standard been lower this year? I mean, I don't have the numbers to back it up. It feels a little bit like it has so far. And I feel like... I don't feel like the Pro Tour players have been pushed enough, despite the fact a few of them have, have lost. More have lost of them in this tournament than a, a fair few times in the last couple of years. But I also feel like a lot of the international players are still a little bit behind the UK and, and the majority of the places where the PDC is based at the minute due to COVID and, and places like the Asian tour. I'm really impressed with the guys that have, have come from the Asian tour, uh, Suzuki, Elagan, um, Perez, um, there's two more in there somewhere as well. I, I can't, you know, he just likes that paddocking. Um, but they're missing just that that extra level, that extra bit of steel tip match practice out and out and over again and over again. And I feel that's what's held them back a little bit. Paolo Nebredo is another one. He had a chance against Danny Janssen despite averaging 82. I just feel like the rest of the world is, is still in that position as well. Yeah, and I, I, I would only you know agree with you on that, God, because I think we will see the levels of the Asian players will increase. 
and that's yeah. I think that's a given. I don't think there's any question that that will be the case. It's just it's just going to take its time to to finally come in. And look, I think yeah, the, the the standard hasn't been great, but I think some of the top players haven't given the 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 you know the the players who are who are lower down in the ranking that opportunity. The game will come on next. Isn't a prime example of that of just how strong these players are. The players that are playing on TV throughout the year, they're strong competitors. Um, but I think eventually we will see these the Asian players taking a step, building more in tournaments and and becoming, you know, decent forces throughout the, the world championships. Yeah, and look, I use Asia as as the example there because I've been impressed with all five of the players, but I think that applies as a whole. But at the same time, the lack of the international qualifiers being able to really push the top level out of the, the Pro Tour players this year, that 32 players that come through the Pro Tour on merit hasn't exactly set them up for big cracks at the seeded players. Only three of 32 have fallen so far in this tournament, which Lee says is that record. Since they changed to 32 seeds in 2006, I believe that is a record. Yeah. And, we, and, and again, we, we touched on this at the start. How we said just how much the standard of, of darts we've been bigging up for so long now that actually the gap might be widening a little bit here. Very much so. It very much might be, and 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 you know, gone are the days. I think where where we're seeing these these big upsets, um, you know, in 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 games and and early exits for for big players. I mean, yeah, we've seen three of them so far, um, but I think you know, the standard seems to be widening and growing, and that's why these the bigger players who are coming on the stage aren't being questioned enough by by their opponents. Yeah. Uh, Chris, there's absolutely no evidence of that as far as I'm aware. So we're, we're not even going to cover that. Look, snooker and darts are, are two completely different sports. And, and long may they stay separate right now because what's going on in snooker is not good. But there's absolutely no evidence as far as I'm aware that any Asian dart player is caught up in anything anywhere near as similar. So we're, we're not going to touch on that. Uh, Daz says, who's your pick to win it outright? We'll do that at the end of our predictions for the next round, for the next session. I feel like this is a good time to, to reevaluate or see if we've changed our minds on anything so far. Uh, on to the third match of the afternoon session and the European champion, Ross Smith, produced one of the best performances of the tournament so far. Uh, Average 100.97 to defeat Darius Labanowskis 3-1. Um, he was mustard, wasn't he? He was absolutely superb. He was, and I think regardless of how well Lucky D will have, could have played um, and improved on, I don't think he'd have got anywhere close because Smith was just unbelievable tonight. His levels, they never changed. He was he was aggressive. His 180 hitting was phenomenal. He really, 57% on the doubles, that set down a massive, massive marker. Yeah, look, his first two sets were absolutely ridiculously good. Drops off a little bit after that, but to maintain it over that distance is, is difficult enough to do anyway. Um, 180 hit. When you hit more 180s than you hit in 140s in, in a match, you yeah. know things are going well for you. I mean, Darius was pretty steady. Let's not completely rule him out here. He's average 93 and is 70% on the outer ring, but that's just how good Ross Smith was to blur him away in those first two sets. Force deep. In, in the third and fourth set, both go into that deciding leg. But Ross Smith, look, he 
just looks so so comfortable right now in front of cameras. I was a little, I was there in Leicester when he was beaten in the Grand Prix by Martin Lukeman. That's taken absolutely nothing away from Martin Lukeman, but you just expected Ross Smith to come through that. And then the performance he provided all the way through the European Championship, and then in this so far as well, we've almost cast him aside in the conversation for the Premier League. And I hate this topic with a passion, but if he keeps producing like that, get performances like that throughout this tournament and goes deep to a quarterfinal or semifinal, you'd be very, very difficult to ignore Ross Smith in this form. You you would be. And as you touched on that, he looks so comfortable on stage in front of the cameras. It just, he just looks natural. And I think that's such, he's had such a great growth in the game and, 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 and the sport and the way that he's come through and, you know, he's taken that next step. Look, you know, I, I, there's no point in getting involved in the in the Premier League argument because that seems to be the talk of our group chat. Yeah. Come the end of the world champs in which everyone's got a, a varying opinion. But look, if he has a good run, does he become in contention? Because he's playing some exceptional darts and, you know, tonight proved it exactly that. Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit more to talk about in our group chat, but that will definitely be a discussion for after the World Championships is finished, following the WDF announcement earlier this evening. But if we talk about that, we're going to be even longer than me and Cam are usually. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're just going to play Ross Smith's post-match press conference interview and see what he had to say for it. No, I'm not looking for revenge. That game's gone. At the end of the day, it's, it's done and dusted. That was 12 months ago, so uh, a lot's changed in 12 months. You know, um, I'm playing better darts than what I was 12 months ago. Um so at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just going up there and concentrating on this game. I believe that every game is completely different. Whether it, it, I think it's all down to timing anyway. You know, I could have played Dirk an hour later and, and maybe beaten him, or he could have beaten me four 0 So I just think you just got to concentrate on the game in front of you, do your best, and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's not so much get the crowd on side. Even you know, it's nice to have the crowd on side. But yeah, um, trying to sort of. Um, I don't know, have a bit more fun as well. I don't want to come across as too boring, so I just want to have a, a bit of fun up there and, and actually express myself a bit more. So, But, yeah, I've, I've loved it. The crowd was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. It was all behind me, and it was great, and uh, I, I was loving life, loving life up there. It definitely showed. He definitely looked like he was enjoying himself. And, actually, something that perhaps he commented on on other dark players in the past, but and it's noticeable with Ross, but because he wasn't, perhaps as, as big as others, he's lost a lot of weight. He's definitely taking his lifestyle a lot more serious. And we're seeing more and more dark players do that at the minute. And he is another who is reaping the rewards of that. Luke Humphreys is another high-profile person that you can look at and go, actually, change his lifestyle a bit, got himself in, in shape, and his fitness seems to be helping his darts as well. Yeah, and that probably helps his longevity throughout the the busy calendar that they've got because you know they're playing a lot, they're having to train a lot and, and put a lot of hours in. So for him... It, it, you know, he's going straight from strength to strength. It's just, I'm hoping that for now, the, the remainder of the time that he can keep his level up because he's very, very impressive and he continues to impress on the on the stage in front of the TV cameras. Talking of keeping your level up, if a certain former world champion keeps this level up, he will be very, very tough to beat indeed. Rob Cross defeating his good friend and practice partner, Scott Williams, 3-1. I mean, Scott threw literally everything at him in this match. Everything that, that Scott had, not quite the 115 average for a set, perhaps, but he's finished with a 96 average, 40% on the doubles, and Rob Cross has still held off his practice partner to win 3-1. Every single leg possible being played in 
these four sets, every single one going to a deciding leg. And that's probably a good sign for Rob Cross fans is that the criticism you can make of Rob Cross is that in tight moments or in, in edgy moments, the action tends to break down a little bit. It isn't quite there, but he's just won three deciding legs in a row after being a set down to Scott Williams to come through in, in resounding fashion. Yeah, and what's what was amazing to see in this game was that the in terms of statistics, neither player are really very different from each other. Seven players six on the one eighties, eighteen players nineteen on the one forties, forty-four each on the ton pluses. It very much was a similar game. It was just the one thing that was separating the two was the finishing. And and look, don't take anything away from Scott Williams because he finished exceptionally as well. But when it when he needed it in the last legs, Rob Cross got over the line. The game could have gone in a different way and, and Rob Cross could be sat here having left the tournament, but he's in some good form at the moment. And yeah, that was pretty impressive tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, Scott Williams is, is a fantastic talent. We've spoken about him. There's perhaps an element of him not bringing his personality to stage. Yeah, and, and I he just He just, because he was playing Rob Cross, who is a friend of his, he perhaps didn't give it as much as we've known that Scott Williams is capable. There wasn't as many antics because actually that may have affected their friendship down the line if he'd used an antic to, to get under Rob Cross's skin a little bit. Yeah. Um, look, I think I think for them both, I, I think even if he, had, if he had brought antics, I don't think it would have affected the friendship. But, you know, he, he seems to just believe that that was the way that he went about it. There was It was very emotion, emotionless when he went, when he, picked his darts up from the board and he was walking back. There was very little from that. Um, and yeah, look, I think both players were, you know, were, 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 I think they, they had a nice smile after the game and everything, but I think he, he he could maybe benefit his performance in future from from bringing that out onto the stage. And whether that was just because he was playing against Rob Cross, I guess we'll never know. But, you know, he's a rising talent and, you know, he should be really impressed with with how he's he's been at, at, at Rob Cross's heels throughout this game. Yeah, I want to look ahead a little bit for Rob Cross here. Given that the form he's carried through this year has seemed to just go up a level, that little bit more, he's, he's, he's found a more consistent B game, I think is a fair way to describe Rob Cross's performances, which allow him to produce his A game that little bit more often. It's Mervyn King next for him, potentially Gary Anderson or Chris Dobie in the round after that as well. If he stays at this level, are we already looking at a quarterfinal against Michael Van Gerwen or someone else from that quarter? It, it's it's a possibility, um, and I think you touched on his B game there. He, he his B game is very very good. His A game just takes it up another level. So if he can if he can play with a consistent level throughout, he's going to trouble Mervyn King. I think he'll probably potentially beat him with the form that he's in at the moment, and he has an opportunity to go very deep in this tournament and and set up some really mouth watering clashes, maybe one or two games down the line. Yeah. Let's then hear from Rob Cross in his post-match press conference. I think we're all going to see, and he's not—he's not a shy boy. That's what I love about him. He's not a shy boy, you know. He's—he's he's a bit, a little bit different to me in a way because if he does something good, he always wants to tell you. He always wants to give you it, and and that's the way he is. But he's still got to learn the game a little bit more. But the fundamentals are there now, and everything what that boy goes on to do. I wouldn't be surprised if he's... I reckon another... He's going to earn a great living in the next year because he's already experienced some of it. In the next two years, I'm going to put my neck out there and I never do it and he's going to win a major because the boy's that good. 
on yourself as well. Some good news. Back in the World Series, been picked for Bahrain. It's so... <laughs> Go on. Uh, you know where this is going. <laughs> you obviously made the, the, the comment and the, the bet with Dan in the beginning of the year that you wouldn't play in anything that was invitational one rank. What made you change your mind and accept the invitation? Well, I never practised January and, and I haven't got any holidays booked. And this is gospel, I know. I haven't got any holidays booked and, and I never practice January and I walk into the Masters and I feel like a second-hand bit. So I thought, why not just go to Bahrain, catch a, catch a bit of sun, because I love a bit of sun, and, um, and actually enjoy my life, so why not, you know? And I'm going to walk into the Masters and I'm going to promise this year, before this, I'm going to be ready. And that's going to be saying what's never happened before. Masters has never been my kind of tournament. I'm not a January player, but I will be next year. I like that. Nice and honest from Rob Cross. I mean, I completely agree with Tommy in the chat room. And Dan Dawson brought this up as the moment was happening, that Scott Williams was the up-and-coming youngster and Rob Cross is the hardened, battle-ready professional, despite being a few months younger than Scott in age. <laughs> Yeah, it's just oh, the boy is special. The boy is the same age as you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, which is a scary thought, but the 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 potential that he's got is 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 pretty scary at the moment. As long as he keeps at this level and and continues to perform like this, yeah. And he doesn't sound drunk, Tommy. He sounds like a dart player. There's a complete difference. Uh, into the evening session, uh, and we see a mightily impressive performance from Martin. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In Schindler, uh, standout, got to go there straight away. It took us until the final session of the second round, but we finally have a big fish at this year's World Championship. Finally. Finally, been waiting for it for so long. Um, but yeah, look, fair play to Martin Schindler. Really good performance, especially on the back of a bit of a bit of booing from the crowd. And you know, you kind of knew that, that was going to come, and then and he experienced that. Um, especially walking out as well, he, he knew exactly what was coming. But fair play to him for for battling through that and, and putting in a decent performance to to you know comfortably beat Martin Lukeman. Yeah, I mean, look. On paper, Martin Lukeman's won this game. He's he's had a better finishing percentage by 0.1%. He's averaged higher, but Martin Schindler has eked out far more opportunities on the outer ring than than, than Martin Lukeman managed. Um, and it's just a superb performance from the young German that hasn't ever won up on that stage before, which, which sounds mad to say. It does. It does sound mad to say. But look, he's had eleven more opportunities on the outer ring than 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 Lukeman. That just that just shows his one eighty hitting was a lot more prolific. And yeah, when he when he needed it on the biggest stage, 
in front of the crowd. He he, he delivered, but a very, I guess, a nice sense of of maturity from Schindler is the way that he handled everything and he didn't crumble under any of the pre- the pressure which he could have done. And you know, he just took his chances when he got them, and you know, played pretty well. Yeah, uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for tuning in, buddy. We'll, we'll catch up with you in a bit. Uh, Daniel says the big fish to take the sec the second set was was superb. Um, I, I want to talk about the benefits of of Schindler actually losing his card. There, there's a conversation to be had right now to say that actually the first time he got it, maybe he wasn't ready for this. Maybe he wasn't ready for the big step up. There was a lot of pressure on him and Max Hop at the time to to handle the expectations of one of the fastest expanding markets in the sport in Germany that perhaps we've ever seen a, a boom almost as similar in, in Germany as to what we saw when Raymond van Barneveld was winning world titles. And, and that says an awful lot about the effect the sport is having in Germany and, and the show, the, the, the expectations that Max and Martin then had to carry. So finally getting over that line, went away, didn't have his tour card, picked it back up again, and has just slowly built himself back up again. He's turned into an even better dart player than the one that we saw a few years ago when he had his tour card the first time around, who had a very, very good A game, not such a good B game, and produced his C game an awful lot. Yeah, which is it. And now he's turning into a player which can produce his A game. His B game's pretty decent. And if he goes to his C game, it's still enough to get him over the line in games. I think maybe it came a bit too soon for him um, and the opportunity onto the onto the, uh, onto the the tour. But I think now he's, he's he's basically had it taken off him. He's, he's found what he wants, what he needs. And that is the tour card, to be on the tour and to play against the best players in the world. He's brought, he's come back. He's now up to 29th in the world. He, he's really impressing me in the way that he performs, but also the consistency of his performances. Yeah, let's end here from Martin Schindler and see what I'd say in his post-match press conference. Well, obviously, I feel great. I mean, um, hasn't been an easy situation for me just to just to get here. I mean, to, to be here was not the problem. Um, our first flight was cancelled, then we got a second one, which was easy, but our luggage didn't arrive. And I'm traveling with a manager, and we like separate set of darts and shirts. So on each suitcase, well, he got a suitcase. I still haven't. And uh, yeah, it wasn't an easy situation before, and now I feel absolutely more like grateful to go through that one. Well, uh, I'm telling you, yesterday it wasn't an easy day. We woke up uh, quarter past four, and. And we traveled to London at nine o'clock, so in like four and a half hours different because our first flight was cancelled. And we arrived there, spent there a couple of hours, and still, you, you don't see any suitcase, nobody could like really help you. And you're just like thinking, I need a plan, I need a plan for anything because we are, we are like doing things our own. We like, we're selling darts with our small company and we're trying to get bigger and bigger. But obviously, we are not like Tiger, we are not like Winmore and like Unicorn, so. We don't sell these much darts around the world, um, and yeah, I was just uh, no, I was I was aware of the fact that I need to get like a, a specific set of darts, which is like compared to my own. And I grabbed the Whitlock ones at the at the darts GB score, which I'm very thankful of that they helped me. And um, <laughs> uh, luckily, they've been like made a few plans, and in the end, we managed to get one suitcase from both of us. So. I could like play with my own darts, play with my shirt, and everything. 
a lucky escape for Martin Schindler, but a performance that was worthy of his spot in the third round, uh, as was the performance we saw from Danny Knopper. Pretty solid all around from the freeze in defeating the World Seniors Master, David Cameron. Uh, first couple of sets, I think it's fair to say that, that David just didn't really get going in this one. Danny kept him at arm's length as, as much as possible in this one. Threatened a comeback once again. Uh, but the fourth set, Noppert showed his class once again to, to wrap this one up. Yeah, and I think, look, fair play to to Cameron because I thought his levels were pretty decent in the game. Um, you know, yeah, he was kept at arm's length throughout the match and, and you know, to win the third set to, to prevent um, Danny Noppert from, from whitewashing him. Yeah, albeit when Danny's um, finishing went went a bit bit out of the way in that in that leg and in that set. Um, but then for Danny Noppert to turn around and, and average over a hundred, hundred and ten to to Cameron's hundred was impressive. It's it's just the performances from Danny Noppert are getting better and better every time we see him. Um, and yeah, he did a pretty professional job um, this evening. He did indeed. Look, Cameron produced that ridiculous comeback against Richie Adaus, uh in round one, unable to do so here in round two. But look, he seemed to play better when his back's up against the wall. Let's not forget the format of the tournament he won in World Seniors was set play, but best of three legs in each set. So he's he's up against it constantly. And he seems to raise his level when his back is up against the wall. And and that would be the the key moments, those those deciding legs, etc. But look, Danny Nopper is a serious, serious operator right now. His base game has just got so much better. That just means he can win games when he's not playing at his best. Yeah, and you know, okay, Cameron's back was against the wall, and and you know, and it was in a similar position tonight in which he he had no, he had to win, he had to be squeaky clean essentially because he couldn't afford to make any errors. Yeah, he won the third set. Again, with with misses from from Danny Noppert, but when you're playing against someone like Danny Noppert in the form that he is, they they have that opportunity when they need it most to prevent an, another set going to level up the game, to bring out his A game with with a 109 average, just blew <laughs> blew Dave Cameron away, and you know it's a shame that that's that's the position that he was in to to still have to fight back. But against Danny Nuppert, you can't afford to be at arm's length because he will just, he'll finish the game as quickly as he can. Yes, he will. Uh, we don't have a clip to play from the Danny Nuppert interview, but the full interview is available on our YouTube channel, as are the full versions of every clip we've played for you so far tonight. And the two that we still have to play for you uh, from the final two matches. Reminder to head over there, uh, hit like, get involved in the comments on those as well. Make sure you subscribe to the channel so you get notified every time we upload uh, and it will keep us in the loop as well. Uh, On to the penultimate game of round two and this pre-Xmas part of the PDC World Darts Championship. Uh, And this was a, a solid as it gets from Johnny the Ferret Clayton, a 99 average, 3 0 in sets, 3 1, 3 1, 3 1. I thought Danny Van Tripp caused Steve beating all sorts of problems. And in the past, we know how good his A game can be. Quite an awkward customer. We've seen him uh, go uh, pretty steady in the uh, WF World Masters recently. We've seen him play in the Moda Super Series. But there was a, a chasm in ability between these two on stage tonight. There was. I mean, look, the first set was was pretty difficult watching, to be honest, because neither player really got going, and 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 Johnny didn't. But um, I think at key times when when 
Danny Van Tripp needed that that big score to set up to set up an opportunity on the outer ring. Maybe he'd score twenty six or or thirty four. You know, just 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 a really below par score in which it gave Johnny Clayton the opportunity just to have an easy route to the outer outer ring, which he did. And look, you know, Johnny Clayton just it wasn't it wasn't his best performance. But what was what was great is that we we sat here saying that wasn't incredible, but it was a 99.62 average. We certainly said it wasn't the best that we're ever going to see from Johnny Clayton. He has just made a 99.6 average yeah. look bang average, and it's in the top 10 of averages, I'm pretty sure, of performances that we've seen so far in the first two rounds. That's how easy Johnny Clayton can make this game look, and perhaps we're a little bit taken aback by his lack of titles this year given his success in the last couple of years and like, he tends to just go berserk in non-ranking events which doesn't help his cause an awful lot it's still money in his back pocket but to make it look that simple 50% on the outer ring no ton pluses which you know he's more than capable of left one two one a couple of times a bit of a signature shot for the ferret five 180s that was good from Johnny that was better from Johnny than what we've seen on TV an awful lot since the match play yeah, much better. Um, and I know I've, I've touched on it all the way through tonight, but a lot more consistent. Um, yeah, took, take the first set away, the second set a 120 average and the third set a 97 average. Decent from Johnny Clayton, really, really decent. Yeah, he did, there wasn't too much coming back at him, but he still had to play well. He, t- he still had to keep away from getting embroiled into a battle, which he could have easily done. So he's, he's done the job, he's got over the line, and I think there's still more to come from Johnny Clayton, which is really exciting. Yeah, there is. Danny Van Tripp, quick word on him. Picked up his tour card now via the Challenge Tour Order of Merit, I believe, finishing third. Scott Williams is assured of his spot in the top 64, so he's going to pick up a tour card that way. So Robert Owen and Danny Van Tripp will pick up tour cards through this. I've been impressed with what we've seen from on the Euro Tour at times this year. And like I said, the WDF World Masters, the Moda Super Series more recently. He's got a future in this game if he can up his A game that little bit more often. He does. He does. He has. He has a real future, especially if if he can play at a good level and consistently perform at that level, which I hope he can. Because look, he's, he's a name for the future. He's twenty five. You know, he's still got a very very good opportunity, and and it will be interesting to see how he how he does. But I, I would hazard a guess and say that his inclusion now in in the tour with the tour card will improve his game because he's playing against his players every week. He's being tested all the time. Um, and you know he, he should improve and and become stronger and better as as the next couple of years go on. He should, although he does have quite an awkward action. But yeah. we'll see what he can manage with that when he does make it onto the PDC Pro Tour next year. Uh, let's then hear from the ferret Johnny Clayton in his post match press conference. Yes, great, absolutely fantastic. Um, no, it, it, listen, there's no easy game, but when you're the hunter, not being hunted, maybe it's a bit easier so people kind of keep your name out of things and just show what you can do so hopefully and i you know i want to be one of the best players in the world i obviously want to be one of the of the elite i want to be spoken about but i need to prove what i can do so um hopefully i'm back on track i like that from johnny but he has touched on that a few times about how he much prefers to be the person chasing and causing upsets than perhaps he does 
the man with a target on his back. We'll see what he can manage with that in round three. Uh, finally, we close out the night with a another solid performance, really, from the seeded player, uh, Joe Cullen, a 3-1 victory over Rapid Ricky Evans, who threatened to start producing something excellent, especially that third set. Uh, the 180 hitting got better and even faster, if that is even possible. Uh, entertain the crowd once he was walk on. Ricky Evans is fantastic for darts, but Ricky Evans, I feel, is almost at a point now where he needs to be fantastic for himself as well and, and start picking up more wins and, and more matches such as this. I'm not saying Joe Collins there for the taking right now, but in a, in a 95 average and 42 percent on the doubles, that that's the standard that everybody should be aiming for. And if you hit that, you're in with a good chance. Yeah, and I think if if Ricky was you know, improved how he was played. I think it, this game could have gone closer. And look, Joe Cullen wasn't at his best. That wasn't the best we've seen of Joe Cullen. That, that wasn't the best we've seen of the Rockstar. But I think at times Ricky Evans was electric, especially some of his 188 team was unbelievable. Um, he just, he just, you know, he has those level those drop off levels which have cost him at, at, at these crucial times um and again you know in terms of Joe Cullen it was just disappointing um his route towards the nine data at the end i really thought that was i, th I thought we were going to have the dream nine to finish off the the pre christmas darting session and then when it just went skew if i i couldn't quite believe it but yeah look a decent performance from Joe Cullen he'll be pretty happy with that yeah, he will. I mean, everyone's still a bit bemused as to why he's gone the route that he has for the for the one four one. But I guess that's his preference. Uh, very, very nearly finished in style. But like, like I said, that that ninety five average, that forty percent on the doubles is is going to win you an awful lot of games on in this level. And if you can produce that steadily here at the World Championship, you've got a chance of producing a run because you've just got to be solid in those key moments, or you've got to be good in the key moments. But you've got to be solid elsewhere. Yeah, and seven one eighties is is pretty decent. Um, scoring well, scoring you know with with a lot of of, of strength, and we know forty two percent on his doubles. He's he's a he's a good um, campaigner. Is is Joe Cullen? We know what to expect. Yeah, the World Championships and and Alexander Palace haven't been really a happy hunting ground for him, um, but he can easily put a run together if he can build on this performance and and go from strength to strength. Yeah, let's then hear from Joe Cullen to round out the roundup of the last of the second round of the World Championship. Yeah, a little bit. I'll be, I'll be honest, a little bit. Yeah, just I, I was happy with with, with the uh, the schedule. You know, it's a long wait, and I think the tournament's over the halfway through. But I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, I was a little bit nervous, if I'm honest. But it, nerves is nerves is a good thing. I think I think that's what sort of young players coming through. They, they see nerves is a bad thing, and it's it's not you. You can play on nerves, and you can play on sort of the fear of losing. It's just. That's, that's just sort of elite sport. That's that's just what it is. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. I, I was happy with the with the sort of later draw, but not not so much frustration. More nerves. Just like like I, like I've just said, it's just it's one of those you don't want to be play last and then lose last. It's just it's it's, it's one of those. But I think I, I think I was a worthy worthy winner tonight. A worthy winner in. Deed for Joe Cullen. Uh, let's look ahead to the next session that we're going to see here at the World Darts Championship. It is a few days away. The darts returns on the 27th uh, 
of December after everybody has a Christmas. So at this point, I'm going to wish everybody a very, very Merry Christmas as well. I'll no doubt do that again in the end of the show. Uh, but we do have a double session in extended races. Let's not forget, in best of seven. So we only see three matches per session. Uh, and we start the return to darts uh, with Dimitri Vandenberg against Christoph Ratajski. How do you see this one going, Charlie? Another should be a really good game. Um a tight game, but I think Dimitri Vandenberg will will have you know will have far too much for, for Christoph Ratajski. That being said, if Ratajski performs in the way that we know he can on that stage, then there's no reason why there shouldn't there couldn't be an upset. I'm gonna go Dimitri Vandenberg. Uh, I'm gonna go four two in this one. Could be a tight game, could be one of those that you, you look at and think, oh, this could go either way. Um, but I think Dimitri Vandenberg is scoring and you know, the way that he plays will will just have a, have too much for um, for the Polish Eagle. I'm going to match that. And again, I, I'm going to make the same point. If he turned up with the darts that he first used when he moved to Target as a manufacturer, I'd be concerned for him right now, even though that Ratajski was a little bit underwhelming himself in that second round. However, moving to that new barrel, I presume that's what's going to return on the 27th. It's much more like the style of dart that he's thrown to to lift the match play and, and go deep in other majors, that makes him dangerous again. That style, it just suits him. He feels so much more comfortable with it by looks of things. And he produced a better level of performance in that one round than I think we've seen the entire time he's thrown this new set of darts. And because of that, I'm going to go 4-2 as well. Uh, Tommy's got Vandenberg 4-2. Uh, Jack's got DVB. That's Dimitri Vandenberg. Uh, yeah, I just... There's so many, <laughs> so many DV somethings in this game. Uh, that's Dimmy as well, 4-2, as is Daniel. Um, Gargoyle says, I think the big and tight clash will start in the third or even the fourth round. Uh, Bob says, Dimitri 4-1, and Matthew has got Dimmy 4-3. Uh, second match of the afternoon, and what a match this could be. How on earth is this second in the schedule, by the way? It is Nathan Aspinall against Josh Rock. Wow. What a game. This is the one I think everyone's looking forward to. Once we get through Christmas, this is the one that everyone has got um, set up. And, and this could go either way. Um, I'm going to go with with experience um, in this one. I'm going to go 4-3. I think we go all the way in this game. I think it's, it's, it's a tight game. Nobody knows which way it's going to go. But I think Nathan Aspinall just about... Um, gets it over the line. But if Josh Rock wins, that also would be a great result. Um, but I think Aspinall gets over the line. Interesting. I'm going to say the same. I think that he has a knack of winning matches that are tight and scrappy. And I think he also has a knack of sending matches tight and scrappy. And therefore, I, I, I'm going to back Aspinall. I'm going to say 4-2. I think he creates that little bit more distance, puts a little bit more pressure on Josh. Josh has spoken an awful lot about him not being under pressure, but any man that mentions pressure as often as Josh Rock does clearly feels something. Yeah, It's a bit exactly like Luke Humphrey's right. not putting any pressure on himself to be in the Premier League and has mentioned it in every single interview for the last <laughs> 18 months. Yeah, exactly that. So that's where I'm going. I'm going to catch up with Daniel, who also had 4-2 Dimitri in the previous matchup. Uh, and then we move on to these ones. So Bob's got Asp 4-3. Tommy's got Aspinall 4-3 and a tiebreaker as well. Uh, Jeez says, I want Rock to win, but I've got, I think, Asp edges in 4-3. Uh, Daniel's got Rock 4-3. Jack's got Asp 4-3. Daniel's got Asp 4-3. 
Uh, Matthew's got Rock 4-3. Uh, Jesus back in. Good to see you. Um, that's about it for predictions in that one. And we round out the afternoon session uh, with Johnny Clayton against Brendan Dolan, the ferret magnificent tonight. Brendan Dolan, perhaps not so much, but still eking through. Where are you going with this one? This could be a good game again. You know, we really are in, in a position where there's so many games that are tight to call. Uh, I think the Ferret wins 4-2 in this one. I think Brendan Dolan gets gets a set or two. So it, I, I think 4-1 or 4-2. I think um, Johnny Clayton's level is, is is you know, is is, is better than, than Brendan Dolan's. Um, and that's why I think it'll be pretty comfortable for the Ferret. I think it's pretty comfortable as well. I'm going to say 4-1 in this. I just think from what I've seen from both of them so far, uh, Brendan Dolan's pace perhaps won't suit Johnny Clayton, but the rest of this game, I, I don't really see troubling Johnny at the minute. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with 4-1 in this one. Uh, Tommy's got Clayton 4-2. Daniel's got Clayton 4-2. Um, Matthew's got Clayton 4-1. Jack's got Clayton 4-1. G's got Clayton 4-2. Bob's got Clayton 4-2. Daniel's got Clayton 4-1. Everybody pretty much back in Johnny in that one. Uh, Mr. Kodami says 4-0 as well. Uh, we move into the evening session and we start that one with Jim Williams against Gabrielle Clemens. Good game. Decent game, this one. A decent start off as well between two players who, who we to get into this position. Um, I'm going to side with the with German in this one. Um, I think he's he, he's playing some some really good, strong darts. I'm going to go 4-2 to Gabriel Clemens. Um, I think he just has a bit too much for Jim Williams. Um, but, you know, it could be it could be tight, could go all the way to a to a, a, last, let, a last set decider, but, but I think Gabriel Clemens wins pretty comfortably. Yeah, look, I said this despite the fact that he's won two matches already in this tournament. There's still an air of lack of confidence to me with Jim Williams. And he's he's had two matchups that suit him a little bit in Sebastian Bielecki and, and even James Wade, who was who was under par. If Gabriel Clemens doesn't show up in this, there's a chance that Jim Williams does him in as well. But I was really, really impressed with Clemens in in round two. I thought that was probably one of the better games we've seen on TV from Clemens in his career so far. That that's how good that performance was from Clemens. We've seen glimpses in in the grand in the Grand Slam perhaps, but shorter format over over this length on that stage. I was really really impressed with Gabriel Clemens, and I think because of that he does Jim Williams in four two for me. Uh, Tommy's got Clemens four three. McCod McCod Army's got Clemens four two. Jesus got Clemens 4-3 as well. Bob's going the other way. He's going Jim Williams 4-2 as is Jack. Uh, Daniel's got Clemens 4-2. The German supporting the German, of course. We'd expect it absolutely no other way. And Matthew has got Clemens 4-3. Uh, we round out that evening session. No, we don't. We have two games. Oh, my gosh. Two more to talk about. One of them is Gerwin Price against Raymond Van Barneveld. How did I nearly skip past that one? Uh, two wins from the last two appearances, but well, last two matchups in this one for Raymond Van Barneveld. Charlie, can he make it a third? Mm, a tough one. I don't want to see Raymond leave the tournament early. Um, I think I, I think going Price wins. I think he wins four three. We've not seen the best of going Price as of yet, really. Um, 
And I think we, we do see a decent performance from him, but I think it goes all the way. Um, I think it goes 4-3. Um, but this one, again, will there'll be ebbs and flows and, and no one will know which way it's going to go. But I think the Iceman just about um, he drags himself over the line. I think I'm the same. Uh, I said in the early group game that I thought Price would have too much. And when... Barney beat him in the group game. I was like, there's absolutely no way over a longer format that Raymond Van Barneveld beats Gerwin Price, not in a race to 16 or whatever it was. And then it happened again. And he does have that slight edge that he's done it to him twice now in the last two meetings. But I just think in this tournament, not even in this tournament, I, I just think out for revenge, key moments, I think Gerwin Price will will get the job done as well. So I'm going to say 4-2 to the Iceman in this one. Uh, Evening Rose could see as well, by the way. Uh, Tommy says Barney wins 4-3. Jesus Price gets it done 4-2. As does Matthew. Bob's got Barney 4-3. As is Daniel. Uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Yentz has got Barney 4-3. Daniel Sison's got Price 4-3. Jack has got uh, Price 4-2. I never shock anybody. Uh, And then we move on to the final match of the day and the reigning world champion, Peter Snakebite Wright, 12 days after his second round win uh, to open the first day of the tournament, uh, takes on the Belgian Kim Hybrex. Yeah, I think he wins 4-2, Peter Wright. Yeah, he's had a long time, you know, to be at home and, and, and to practice and everything, but I think he, he comfortably gets through this one against Kim Hybrex. Um, and I think Peter Wright needs this because the last couple of um, months have been very tough for him, um, both on and off the on off the stage. But I think he wins comfortably 4-2. I think I'm going to match you again. I... Uh, I've been big on Kim Hybrex. I think he's threatening a return to to something of of the top 16 Kim that we've seen before. I still think there's moments where he's a bit lacking. Um, Look, I know that Peter Wright is a complete enigma and you never know what darts he's going to turn up with. But the fact on opening night, he turned up and said, they did the pre-match show for an hour before the tournament even got underway. They interviewed Peter Wright, and part of that discussion was what darts using later. He said, I don't know, it's between two sets, but they were the two sets that he won the last two world championships with, one from the first time, one from the second time. And the fact that he's between those two sets, I think means he's honing in on a straighter barrel. There's less time to mess around in terms of shape and whatever. There's a third straight barrel style dart sat at Red Dragon for him that that they Hmm. released in a in a um, they did a pre-world release, etc. That Gezi and, and Johnny Clayton were at, um, but they released a new Peter Wright dart that he was potentially going to throw for the World Championships. Again, a straight barrel dart. There's just so much more confidence from me in him with a straight barrel dart. I think you can change the grip a little bit, and that will make a subtle difference. But we've seen just how good he is, and if he stays with one of them, I can see him going deep once again. So I'm going to say he wins this one for two and puts himself into the fourth round. Uh, Final predictions from the chat room. Uh, Tommy says Wright wins 4-1. G says Wright wins it 4-2. Daniel says uh, Wright 4-1. Daniel Dientz says Wright 4-2. Bob says Wright 4-2, as does 
Matthew says right 4-1. Uh, uh, Luke with the upset prediction, he says 4-3 to Kim. Uh, Dan also says Hurricane wins 4-2. And Jack says right 4-1. Right, that is the... Uh, no, it's not the end of tonight's show. I promised one more question, didn't I, Charlie? You have you now did. seen every single player that is going to take part in this year's PDC World Darts Championship. Who did you back to win it before this tournament started? And has your opinion changed? No, my opinion is still very much the same and has been strengthened even more by the performance. Does he wear green? He does, and he's bald. Yeah. So it, it pretty much has strengthened my uh, my opinion on him and, and how he'll do in this World Championships, but I'm still very firmly in his corner. I'm going to have to agree. That, that's exactly where I said I was going. There's been a few impressive performances. I thought Johnny Clayton played a lot better than I expected him to. Ross Smith, perhaps a little un- unexpected. Uh, and there's a few more scattered about in this tournament. When we start seeing them more frequently, more regularly against the higher calibre players, things might start to change. But at this point, I just think the ease that Michael Van Gogh produced that level of performance, there's still gears to come. He looks focused. He looks switched on. And actually, in terms of the draw, I think it will start to open up a little bit for him as well without being disrespectful to anybody else in that part. Um, Mentor Sulevic up for him next. Then he'll take a tough... I think he'll face a tougher test in round four against Dirk van Dijvenboda or Ross Smith, then potentially Rob Cross, etc. But I, I just think at the minute, he's got enough in a locker to take out every single one of those and still have enough left in the reserve. So... I'm going to back you there, Charlie. I'm going to say that, that Michael Van Gerwen does go on to lift his fourth World Championship title, quite a, quite a measly return, which sounds stupid to say for a player <laughs> of his calibre and, and his experience of standing in the game. But I'm going to say he does go on and pick up his fourth Sid Waddell trophy. Uh, that's it for tonight's show, which also means that's it from us for the next few days in terms of the fallout bar. Um, we have some content coming your way. We've managed to get some bonus interviews uh, from people in and around the Alexandra Palace. Uh, I think there's a John Part one coming, potentially Dan Dawson as well, and maybe one or two others. So they'll be out with you guys over the Christmas period, uh, as obviously there's no darts for you to watch. So make sure you have liked and subscribed um, to make sure you don't miss out on any of that content. Uh, and make sure you're following us on all of our socials. Uh, a big Merry Christmas to all of you in the chat room. Um, especially if all you guys celebrate it. I know that some of you don't, so I don't want to push that too much, but it is quite a big deal in, in most of the world. So mm. a big Merry Christmas to all of you uh, and a big Merry Christmas to yourself, Charlie. Thanks for joining me for so often on this show so far this week. Absolutely smashed it. Uh, we'll be back after Christmas uh, with day number 10 of the PDC World Darts Championship as we get to the business end of the World Darts Championship. A big thank you to everybody for watching, to Betfred for sponsoring all of our coverage, and we'll see you guys very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 